Park, 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 and welcome to the Forest Rider Podcast. Today, I am joined by Alfie Yukon from Iowa. Park, Park, hi, Alfie. Hello. So, Yuki is joining me today because we wanted to talk about a topic that nobody ever really talks about in the pup community, which is some of the missteps, the common missteps, and maybe even most egregious missteps. Uh, that pups make when they come into the pup community. And to specify, the primary topic we're going to be discussing here is what I call the drug of pup. And that is to say that when you're new to the community and you come in and you start engaging in the community and you get that first little taste of headspace, it's addictive and it's intoxicating, wouldn't you say, Yuki? Mm-hmm. So what what ends up happening is you get that little taste of headspace and then you, uh, well, you, whomever it is, a handler, a pup, what have you, uh, they get that little taste of headspace and then they just they crave it. They must have it. They need it. They, they have to have all of it, all the headspace, all the time, and all the things. And, oh, my God, a pack. I need a pack. I need to be in a pack. I need an alpha. Oh, my God, you're going to be my alpha. And you, and you, and you, and you. You're all going to be my alpha. And I want a ha- I want that handler and that handler and this handler and the other handler. And, oh, my God, I need all the things, all the handlers, all the all the alphas. I need them all. And I need 50 puppies of my own. That's yep, very that's much. That's happens. Yeah, that's very much like the the impression that I've gotten over the years. Um, and and it's not necessarily only newcomers coming into the into the world of pub uh, that make this mistake because the headspace is powerful and it's strong and it's really easy for even an experienced pup or handler or what have you. Uh, get swept up in all the positive feelings. My first comment on all that is it's not necessarily, it's not all in all a bad thing. This is probably the healthiest addictive substance on the planet. Pup headspace or handler headspace or headspace period. Because it's not even necessarily limited to just human puppies and whatnot. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just that people then take it too far. So Yuki, how many times have you been contacted by someone who's new to the community looking to get involved and suddenly they they just like maybe they reached out to you looking for some advice and like, hey, how, what do I do? What do I do? Blah, blah, blah. And then you start giving them advice. I know you give a lot of the same advice I give. Like, there's no wrong way to be a pup. There's no wrong noise to make. There's, you know, however you're going to pup or handle or whatever is right for you. But how many times do they then at like light speed suddenly start calling you alpha? Oh, too many, too many times like I can't remember. And, and I understand the excitement. And I think, you know, part of it is just alpha and then it easily transitions over to alpha I've, I've had that happen before that definitely makes sense for you <laughs> uh, <laughs> i don't know about me so much uh far strider pupper far strider now the porn name aaron far strider none of that's quite close to alpha yeah but yeah. oh my gosh all the time all the time and on the one hand it's super flattering you know it's like oh wow that's a lot of trust you want to put in me a person that you don't even know. (laughs) And there's not necessarily anything wrong with jumping into it quickly. It's just the jumping without actually having any of the conversations or getting to actually know people and getting to understand people, any of that. 
Uh, it's just kind of like they just instantly assume that you have taken them on as the alpha rather than building an actual relationship. Because I, I think that's what people forget. Would you agree, Yuki? Yeah, I mean, you got to get to know somebody. I mean, how do you know if you like them or not? I mean, we've all had friendships where we've gotten to know somebody and it's it's just something we don't like about that personality. Um, yeah, so it's like any relationship. It just has to develop over time. Everyone has to be on the same page. It has to be the same agreement, especially if you have that serve side of an alpha. Um, it's just, you know, do we both feel comfortable with the boundaries, limitations, and just things like that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's not that they just are like, oh, you could be my alpha. Like, they don't even know, they don't know you. They don't know how you alpha or dom or what have you. Or if it's the reverse, where it's an alpha just like taking on pup after pup after pup after pup, like they haven't taken the time to get to know those pups and know how they pup, the ins and outs of them. And I think that's really important because if you're getting into a, a some kind of dom-sub relationship, um, what you run into a lot is when, when people jump into these relationships at light speed, boom, in a relationship, nobody knows each other. And so the puppy jumped into this situation. Like, let's say they, they took on Alpha and jumped into a situation. They did it like right away and they don't know this Alpha. They don't know what the Alpha's expectations are, what the rules are, what the ins and outs of a dom-sub relationship for that person are. They don't have any of the answers to any of those questions. And the alpha, in turn, doesn't know who the puppy is, uh, what they like, what their hard limits might be. And I think what I see time and again, and the reason that this is kind of a problem, is I see people jump into these hardcore alpha pup relationships really fast and really suddenly. And the next thing you know, not only are they breaking up, but often one or both of them are then just completely leaving the community because they had a horrible experience right then. And it was really just because they jumped into something without knowing what they were getting into. I think it's also, you know, when you develop that relationship, you get to know how they define pup you know when you're calling someone alpha you don't know if their personality in the alpha part is sexual or if it's social and you know what what level of that uh yeah because that's that's the worst thing to happen is if someone's on a sexual page and someone's on a social page and, and that's that's something i've seen a lot of like i've seen alphas who are totally sexual take on a puppy who just got so excited and was like, oh, my God, will you be my alpha? And they were like, yeah, totally. I want to be your alpha. You're so awesome. But the alpha comes from a very primarily sexual side of pup. And the puppy comes at it from a side of, oh, no, the sex side of it's not so much for me. And then there's a huge disconnect and a lot of just butting of heads and a wonderful sound effect. <laughs> Bark. Do you have any uh, like specific stories that stand out for you, Yuki, where where a pup approached you or or maybe you approached a pup way in the past or something like that, where it was just somebody was trying to forcibly move, make a relationship happen that shouldn't have? I've experienced it myself. I mean, when I first started being a pup, um, that's something that early on I took on a pup and it didn't work out. Um, you know, two different personalities and just butting heads, just just like that. 
Um, there are a lot of pups that don't know, like, is Yuki sexual? Is Yuki uh, social? Um, and so a lot of pups will approach it in a sexual aspect, like, hey, can I stay over your house? And da, da, da. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. I've seen, I now have also heard of relationships where, you know, that sexual frustration may turn into abuse. So, oh, um, yeah. Yeah, it can, it can head in any direction. Yeah. And I sometimes actually, it works. Oh, yeah. And, and that's yeah. the thing. Like, sometimes it does work. I think when it does work, it, it's, it's either a stroke of a bit of luck for all involved, or it's even a situation where even though, yeah, you were getting swept up in the headspace and the moment of it all, you were also present of mind and getting to know this other individual. And oftentimes, even though like people will jump into that relationship when it's successful, it's often like, OK, we're going to jump in, but we're going to jump in down here and then we're going to work our way up the, the relationship ladder into a, a happier place. I think that's usually where we see some success there is where it's not like zero to a thousand all at once. It's more like, well, let's start here and step forward a little bit. And now let's step a little bit more forward, a little bit more forward. Bit, oh, that was too much. <laughs> One situation in particular um, that happened to me Gosh, it's hard to remember exactly. I want to say it was around a year-ish ago, sometime last year, where I had a, a very brand new person to the community reaching out to me on one of the apps, one of the social apps, not one of the hookup apps. Um, <laughs> and, and But they were reaching out to me. They're like, oh, my gosh, I'm really interested. I want to get involved. Like, can can you give me any pointers and da-da-da? And so you know, I did my normal thing. I pointed them. I point them at my blog because I'm proud of my blog. Uh, and I point them at a whole bunch of other resources like what's the safe word, no safe word, the pupplay.info, uh, the happypup.net. Uh, but there are all these really great resources out there. And I like to point people at them and then, you know, offer other advice uh, when I'm available to give it. But this person was taking advice and I happened to be a little more available at the time. So I was, you know, investing a little time in, in helping educate them on what's up. And the next thing I know, uh, they started calling me Alpha in conversation. And at first I thought, OK, maybe it's just a term of respect. But anyways, uh, it just kind of kept going. And so I had to stop this this. Uh, this young pup one day and say, OK, OK, puppy, what what do you mean when you call me alpha? Are you calling me your alpha or are you just like calling me alpha like like you might call me sir or mister or something like that? And uh, unfortunately, in his case, he was he was calling me his alpha. And so I had to kind of pump the brakes laid out and I just had to be very. I don't like doing it because it's it puts me I feel very awkward when I have to do this um, because I feel like I'm crushing someone's dream. But I try and lay it out really nice and easy and let them down easy that, hey, you know, I'm and it's the honest truth. I'm not taking on pups right now as an alpha, maybe one day. Um, but for me to take on pups like I, I have a set of like, hey, it's got to be like this. Like I, I don't. I personally don't think I could manage having pups that aren't local to me. The physical, the ability to connect physically, not necessarily sexually, but physically uh, in the same space, 
and time, uh, I, I find personally, I find very important to the act of mentorship and um, caretaking that I see uh, as an alpha role. But yeah, that was that was a fun instance, Bark. Um, and just an example of you know getting to know somebody. Um, you know, uh, Rocky, I, I, he's on the East coast and I took him on as a beta. Uh, he'd actually asked me to, but I also knew him for, I think around 16 years. So I've already developed the relationship, um, and respect of each other. Um, so when, uh, when he asked that question, it, it, I'm like, I feel like we're already doing that. It's just adding label to it. And that's how it should go. I mean, 16 years, he, you know, basically coming to pop um, uh, yeah, a while ago, uh, not that long ago, less than a year. Um, yeah. So that's something where, you know, like an example to finding that relationship, we built that friendship, we built that relationship so that when it did come to that point where he'd ask that question, it was something we're both comfortable with because we know each other that well. And that's how we should be doing it. Not, hey, Joe, uh, Brian, you know, Steve, can you be my alpha or just pushed into that relationship? It, it nine out of 10 doesn't work. Exactly. And you make a good point. Like when you, when you take the time to build the, the foundation of that relationship, uh, you really, that's what you did. You build the foundation of the relationship and then the relationship can progress, uh, naturally. It's not being forced or, um, but yeah, no, like when it, when it gets built naturally like that though, it's, it really is successful. Um, you know, with, with my alpha gadget, when we started, it wasn't immediately like, will you be my alpha? It was several get togethers over a couple of months, um, where we got to progressively know each other a lot better, um, before we approached the idea where he came to me and he said, Hey, I was thinking, about taking you on as your alpha and you know would you like that and so then i said yes and it was uh it was a bit of a slow progression at first and, and then we hit the gas and took our relationship a little bit too far too fast <laughs> and, and had to back 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 that up a little bit later um, but you know, and that's what I mean, where even experienced players, they can also get swept up in those moments and just carried away by, by all the good feelings that, that pup and headspace and everything bring to our lives. And that's where it's a good thing. But, you know, I think people, if, if relationship does falter because you jumped in really quick and in the beginning of a, uh, exploration and kink and whatnot, um, it's just really sad to see a lot of people just kind of vanish from the community because they had one bad experience um, or maybe due to an incompatibility or they got involved with something that they didn't quite realize it was what it was. Yeah. And I also think there's a lot of pups that don't really understand what headspace is. And so their perception of it is something that's, you know, alluring because someone described it to them. Um, but like it, it takes a while. Me, it took a year, you know, some pops, it can be a month or two, but it's something that once you figure it out, that is its own different kind of addiction. Um, but yeah, new pups define that as how someone's explained it to them. Um, and that, that can be challenging. So the next thing I was going to talk about kind of touched on what Moody Bear just asked, which is what advice would you give to someone who had a bad experience 
and is scared to venture into that pup site again. Um, well, first and foremost, um, the advice I have comes on the on the front end of that experience, which in this case is maybe a little too late because it's his questions about after uh, a bad experience has happened. And that is uh, a lot of people when they come into pup, it's not just that they have that taste of headspace and they suddenly just want all the things because they want all the awesomeness and bark, 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 bark. A lot of times they feel like if they don't have an alpha, that they're not a pup or they're not uh, they're not doing it right. Like you have to have an alpha or you have to have a an handler or both or you have to have a pup if you're an alpha and none of that's true. You can be a pup without an alpha. You can be a handler without a pup. You can be an alpha without any pups. It, it's You can be your own alpha. It, exactly. You can be your own alpha. There is no rule. And in fact, the, the thing I tell a lot of people, um, I, I just recently had to tell a local local puppy to, to tap his brakes because um, he was he was going on the, oh, my gosh, I need an alpha. I need an alpha. Like it wasn't coming from a place of, hey, we've built this relationship and I'm feeling like this would be a good situation. It was, hey, will you be my alpha? Oh, well, duh, duh, duh. oh, OK, well, I'm going to go ask this person. And if that doesn't work, I'm going to go ask that person and then that person and then the other person. And, then, and it was like, no, stop, puppy. Stop. Just take a breath. It's got to like I had to go through the whole it's a relationship. It's got to be fostered and built. And so he did. He pumped the brakes and stopped. Took a minute to realize, wait, I could just be me, a puppy, and go from there. And in doing that, he allowed himself to kind of come into his own. And there, it just so happens that he's now finding himself entering into a pack situation because a handler and his pups had taken notice of him and, and then started to get to know him and then have since invited him uh, in on consideration. Uh, which consideration, that's an important thing. Not everybody does that. And I think that's a really important thing to, to consider in any pack, handler, pup, alpha pup situation. And in consideration, what that means is, well, I'm going to take you on and we'll see how it goes. It's like it's like testing the waters. It's like those first three dates with someone, um, you know, you you go, you get to know each other, you do a, a, a date thing, maybe you do a handler thing with the pup, or maybe you do an alpha pup thing, um, and you just kind of see how it goes. If you like it, you do it again. If you like that, you do it again, and, it, and you let it start growing. But under pretext of, hey, this is the end game, if it continues to work out, um, and I think consideration is, is something a lot of people could really uh incorporate into their practice of building a pack or uh, a family or what have you because you know it doesn't have to be a pack it could be any kind of structure that uh that works i think that's my advice like on the front end is just take time to be you as you are on your own whether that's as a pup an alpha pup a subby pup a handler uh, a sir, a daddy, a what have you, a kitty, a pony, uh, that's feisty puppy and 
big puppy with weird bark. But, <laughs> uh, but, but no, like take time to be you and, and figure out what it is you, you want and need in your life before you just start jumping into to forming other relationships of, and, and whatnot. What would your advice be, Yuki? Um, you know, I would ask open-ended questions. I mean, first I would let them know, hey, you know what? I'm going to be a resource for you. That's fine. Here's some websites to go to. And then, you know, uh, ask them open-ended questions to you. What is a pup? And letting them come to their own conclusion because telling someone and letting them figure it out, they're two different things. And some people like like to learn or understand through discovering or hands-on or, you know, simply, yeah, just explaining it how it is. Um, but letting them come to their own conclusion because uh, 9 out of 10, they're going to come to the same, you know, uh, acceptance is that you need to develop that relationship. Um, and that's that's one of the good things that I like about uh, just kind of explaining it. Yeah. And so then to take that to the flip side. So you had a bad experience and you like went, bye, Felicia, you left. And now you're you're thinking about coming back. You want to come back, but maybe you're having trouble finding your headspace again. Uh, maybe you're having trouble finding your way to just feeling pup again, having trouble in any manner of, of ways that you might have difficulty in coming back into the community. I think for me, the advice... I would give to someone who's looking to find a way back to back to puppy. It's hard because it's so different for everybody. But I think I think the key would be to try and find a way to take quiet time for yourself and just get centered. Wow, I sound really hippy dippy now. Get centered, <laughs> get centered, go with nature. But no, like for real, I have a I have a good friend who stepped away for a while and recently has come back into the scene. Love him to death. So excited to have him back. Uh, but he actually went, literally went out into nature to find his way back to puppy. Like he went and had a whole time to himself in the woods to just try and... Uh... <laughs> Hi, Windows! No, that's Windows, not my computer. <laughs> um, but so he went off into the into nature, into the woods, um, and reconnected with himself in kind of a more animal way because uh, for him that was a way that he thought he could find his way back to pup, and he totally did. It's not the same puppy that he was before. Um, his headspace, his the way he feels in a moats puppy has changed from what it used to be. And that's okay. And I think that's another thing maybe some people who are having trouble coming back is maybe they're expecting too much of what it used to be and not taking enough time to just let it be whatever this new is because um, especially if you've stepped away from uh, pup or leather or rubber or whatever community it is for an extended period of time um, you're a different person today than you were before so you shouldn't expect puppy to be the same puppy that you were before either because you're different now you're new and so you need to maybe it, maybe it's as much as opening your mind to 
the new possibilities of pop. Um, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, a tough one to answer, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking, I mean, um, I, I know some pups that, um, yeah, they, they went through a bad experience and they're hurt. They don't trust people. And, you know, just my response to that is, you know, why did you come into puppy? You know, don't let what happened to you define you. Um, you know, let's, let's, you know, talk about how to get back to that place. Sometimes pups can, but sometimes pups can't. And so um, just being there as they ask questions. I think that's like nail on the head. Bark. <laughs> Nothing to add. Um, so I think... I think another thing we wanted to do um, during this podcast is I had put this question out to uh, my Instagram following the other day, and I actually got quite a few messages back where people were just like, I don't know what to even say to that. And I'm like, you can say whatever you feel is accurate. Um, but I got a couple of submissions, answers to the question of what, what are the biggest mistakes newcomers make when they come into the pop community? Um, cause I was curious to see, like, I had, I have this whole idea of the drug of pup and where that takes people. Um, but I was curious to see what, uh, other people's perspectives might be on that. The biggest missteps that newcomers to the pup community make when they come into the community. And so the first one came from at Bozarth Villa and he said, uh, touch other pups without permission of owners which is, I think is just the what's common in a lot of communities, which is the um, assumption of consent because you're wearing gear or you're in attendance at a place or in a place or at a thing. Um, and so there's that assumption that just because you're there, there's consent to touch, grab, whatever. And yeah, that's definitely a problem in the community. What do you think? Is that a problem out there in, in Iowa? Yeah, I mean, one of the things I've, I've uh, heard about is um, a pup being, so they're wearing a collar and, you know, some other person basically clipped their the leash on the collar and then walked around with it, but didn't ask, um, didn't ask the spouse, didn't ask the uh, alpha. And yeah, just, there are, there are a lot of disrespectful or uh, people that don't understand. Um, I think assuming positive intent it may just be something else there are definitely people who just don't understand and i think there are really there are three types of the people that don't understand there's the type where they're like what the fuck is this but i'm so curious there's the ew gross that's yeah and then there's the um the overly excited often heterosexual white female with her starbucks probably yeah she's basic she's got her pumpkin spice latte in the fall and they just they come into the bar and they're like oh my god puppies and they're just like ah and then they start touching and they just start touching and it's like what why 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 are you touching no ask first yeah no i i think that's definitely uh, a problem in the community but i think it's also an easily solved one by communication and even i've seen um Oh, I can't remember which pup group it was, but I've seen uh, a pup group. I think it was in northeastern Canada uh, where they have signs that they put up at their socials and moshes. 
that basically indicate like, hey, in this space, make sure to ask consent before X, Y, Z, you know, before touching, giving scritches, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that uh, that might be a, a good thing for a lot of PAW groups, uh, including like CPAW here in Seattle, uh, to maybe think about um, just as a way to improve the consent space uh, that that we have going on. Okay, our, ne our next uh, thought came from Pup Cody. Cody says, uh, consuming foods or drinks without inspecting them. Has that been a problem out in Iowa for you? Not so much. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that I've ever in Seattle seen any puppies doing this. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily a, a, in, a problem inherent to the pup community, but I would say it's definitely a problem. Um, it, it's not a good idea, especially out in like a lot of the bars to just accept food or drink from strangers, unless you know who you're accepting food or drink from. I know in Seattle, there are instances still of people being rohypnolled. So, you know, don't, don't drink any strange drinks or eat any strange foods because, um, d danger will Robinson danger. I think it happens a lot at events, yeah, big international events or just big U.S. events. Um, that happens more often. You hear about it too much. Yeah, some of the things you hear are just pretty, pretty bad. Um, but yeah, you know, if someone's going to buy you a drink, you know, go up with them and ask for the drink and handle it yourself. Uh, with food, I I wouldn't recommend eating any food uh, from people that you don't know very well. Okay, so... JDC49203 says they think all other pups are just as open and accepting as the pup who introduced it to them. Yeah, I, I have seen this problem firsthand. A lot of people who get introduced to the community by this person or that person or another person, especially if it's like a handhold, like I'm bringing you into the community, um, they come in and they come in with what they've learned from that person. And so like a lot of times, if you come from uh, some, some background training where it's very uh, open and accepting and, you know, anybody could be a puppy um, and then you come into a space, sometimes you're met with other puppies who are like, this is only for gay men or this is only for white men or this is only for muscle, muscle dudes. Um, or this only for twinks, nobody else allowed. Why are the fat people here? Um, and, you know, I think there's even some groups out there that are like, oh, this is only for bears. Why are you little Twinkies here? Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think that's definitely a problem. Have you, have you witnessed anything, uh, or experienced anything like that out, out in your area? When someone introduces to pup, uh, they typically will take on a lot of that persona. Um, and I think the best thing is just to find your own, you know, ask for help, but don't let it direct you. Yeah. And if you do encounter someone whose ideas differ for you in a way that you're not comfortable with, just move on. There's, there's plenty of other pups and handlers and what have you out in the sea of uh, kinksters in your local and wider world communities bar so the next one comes from prince eric 24 
And they said choosing to be a alpha, beta, or something like that. And I think what they're indicating is choosing to be that like immediately on day one when you s immediately get started. Um, and I would agree with that. I, um, I, have, uh, I have known some pups who come into the, into the world of pup and on day one, they're just instantly like, yeah, I'm an alpha puppy. I'm going to get all the puppies and teach all the puppies and have all my puppies. And um, yeah, I, I think it's a mistake to uh, immediately on day one decide what you're going to be or who you think you are. Um, I think it's maybe a good idea to take some time just being you and figuring out your place. Um and that might be an alpha or a beta or what have you, a handler, um, a subby puppy. But I don't think those are things you necessarily know explicitly on day one. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I, I've heard about it where uh, pups, you know, right off the bat are like, I'm an alpha. Uh, but then you have an experienced puppy who gets very excited and, and it, it doesn't work out. Um, an alpha is defined as your own self-discovery, but there are a lot of uh, certain or certain traits that um, you'll see in an alpha. And I think that's just something they have to figure out. Um, yeah, but uh, some pups will do that where they'll jump on it. It doesn't last long, you know, because they figure out, you know, I'm a different role or, uh, you know, pups come to them asking to be that and they don't have the answers. So, yeah, just like anything, it just takes time. Yeah, so, you know, take some time to be you and figure out your place in the, the world of puppy or what have you. Uh, let's see. The next one comes from Pup Cerberus 666. Says, thinking you have to be submissive in pup play, it's more versatile than me. <laughs> um, actually, I think that's super true. I, I've seen a lot of people come into pup assuming that because they're coming in as a puppy that they have to be submissive. Um, I've seen other people come into the community as either observers or intending to be a handler who are assuming that all pups are submissive and, and that they're submissive to everyone. And uh, none of those things are accurate. Yeah, no, I think they hit the nail on the head. Pup play is more versatile than me. It's more versatile than me too. Bark. <laughs> it's just a misconception where, you know, pups mostly think that they have to be that beta role or, or submissive. Um, I'm an alpha, but in, um, in the bedroom, I'm not the alpha. I'm not the person that controls what happens. And, you know, it's, uh, there's a reason why they call them power bottoms. Um, and I think the Arr. same thing in just the, the pup community, it's, it's like choosing your own ice cream. Uh, it can be whatever you want it to be. Arr. Absolutely. Ooh, I like the idea of comparing it to ice cream. Because, you know, <laughs> ice cream. Uh, our next one comes from the Moody Bear. Uh, hi, Moody. Bark. <laughs> um, he says, biting. Yes. Yes. Actually, I agree with this. I have experienced this. Um, non-consensual biting, just people assuming that, oh, I'm a puppy and puppies can bite and, and you're around puppies. So your tote's okay with me biting you, or you're a puppy. So you're totally okay with me biting you. Like, 
I'll, I'll admit I enjoy getting bitten sometimes, but I like it to be consensually done. Or I don't know. Have you I been? Have you been non-consensually bitten? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. Um, Not yet. Non-consensually tail pull, face pull, you know, touching, you know, things like that. Biting, no, but it, it's along the same lines. Consent, consent, consent. Yeah. Bark. So yeah. So puppies, stop biting. Bark. <laughs> um okay and then the the moody bear sent us three total so the second one he sent us is um that they are indestructible and untouchable i i have seen this i have seen this i know exactly what what he's talking about um sometimes people come into the community and they put on the hood and they're like nobody knows who i am i could do whatever the fuck i want bark and in general, generally speaking, you can be whatever kind of puppy you want to be and pup however you want to be, but you're still responsible for your actions when you're being a puppy. And um, you're neither invincible <laughs> nor are you untouchable. And so, you know, the mask is not, this is not the retarded world of DC Comics where uh, Bruce Wayne puts on a mask and nobody knows who he is. Like, Come on, everybody knows who you are, Bruce. You're Batman. <laughs> I'm Batman. Bark. I don't know. Do you see a lot of that out there in Iowa, or? No, uh, I mean I haven't. I haven't seen a pub where they are like the Hulk. You know, they can do whatever they want. <laughs> um, I think I think for a lot of pups, it's just an extension of their personality. Um, or you know, it it uh, yeah, it's a coping mechanism. Not so much of like let me just Hulk you. You know. Yeah, and I'd say that's, uh, in my experience, a majority of it's exactly the same as yours. Um, but I have seen a handful of people who just come in and they never last long because they really just think, oh, it's masks. And so I could be a troublemaker in a mask. And it's like, well, that's not what we're about. So bye, Felicia. Um, yeah, just tell them to go to a bank with the hood on. Yeah, right. Yeah. Or the airport. That's a safe place to wear a, a mask, isn't it? Bark. I actually wore my hood at the airport. But, like, into the airport? Exiting the airport. Uh, see, that's different. Like, I mean, like, put it on and then yeah. go walk into the concourse and walk right up to security gates. Like, that's not a good idea in this world. <laughs> but I have, yeah. I actually, I had a puppy once ask me if I thought that would be okay. And I was like... Oh, no, 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 no. Like they wanted to go pick their alpha up at the airport in their hood. And I was like, oh, no, no, I have done this, but do not do what you are suggesting. Don't wear your hood inside the airport. Take it off. Be a human up to the gate or baggage claim or whatever. When you guys are leaving, when you're walking out the doors, go ahead and put your hood on then. Put it on then. Drive home with your hood on. What have you. As long as you can see, it's fine. Like just don't don't walk into the airport in a in a mask in a post nine eleven world. That's that's probably yeah. a bad idea. <laughs> Unless you want to get shot. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, and and you can't necessarily blame the security guards in that case because their their impression is just oh my god, some some person in a mask. Holy shit, are we getting nine eleven? That's where their heads go because that that's their job. Uh, let's see. So the last one, the Moody Bear sent, uh, he said 
think they can jump and get in people's faces. I think this is along the same lines, just that um, <laughs> the thought that, oh, because I'm in a mask and and people don't know who I am. I can do whatever I want and like I can be obnoxious and whatever. And like I, I'm ridiculous and I'm obnoxious, but I'm also I also do it consensually. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not just running up to strangers in their face and being like, Bark, 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 and like, ah, and then run away. Like, <laughs> but um, I, I have seen people do that. Not really a good idea. <laughs> um, new puppies do that a lot where they'll go to the local bar, a local bar and then just get in uh, front of a stranger and just, you know, bark at them. And it seems aggressive. Also, if it's someone who's never been around a pup, that may be what they're assuming actually happens. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a sign of aggression when you do it like, you know, that's, you have to remember there's a lot of people that don't understand. Yeah, and it's just respect people's spaces, their personal space, because they may not feel comfortable with that. Bark. Uh, let's see. Let's go to the next one. Uh, ooh, ooh. We also got three from Vander Von Odd. So the first one from Vander says, instinctively look up to people with more gear versus people with more experience and one million percent i have seen this happen so often and it's such a bad idea because having more gear the only thing that means is that a you 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 like gear and b you have money to buy lots of gear and your bank account is not necessarily indicative of your uh, community or cultural knowledge in puppy or leather or rubber or any any kink uh, or or anything really at all. <laughs> Do you guys have a lot of I don't know I guess gold digging puppies out there? Um, yeah, I think there there are some pups out there that um, you know look I would say not look up to idolize um, or obsess over. Um, and then start asking for gear. You know, it's, it, it happens. I've, I've done that before where someone pushed, you know, and said, like, buy me this, you know, and I was like, okay, well, I have an extra pair of these. You can have it. But then I found out, you know, oh, they got a free hood. They got free gloves, free like this and that. And I'm just like, oh, it, yeah, no, because, you know, the person, uh, it can set the wrong impression. It can set the impression, one, that the person giving is a sugar daddy, um, but also for the person because they can be like, oh, I'm going to get whatever I want. Um, I see it a lot more that people look up to people with gear um, and not so much experience, and that's just because they don't know the person. They don't know what their experience is, and you may have an experienced pup that's, you know, near you but uh, a lot of people will look up to the people that wear the most puppy stuff yeah and it's really sad because you miss out on potentially a lot of really good information if the only thing you're valuing is how many hoods and harnesses and what have you that somebody's got um because that it's really not indicative of anything <laughs> mark it really isn't or <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's you know, coming puppies, from a gear puppy. I, I like gear a lot, but the, the gear doesn't mean shit. <laughs> it's just a personal expression of me, Bark. I would say the same thing about custom hoods. 
as mm-hmm. we both have custom hoods. Yeah, but, right. Um, no, there's a lot of people, <laughs> right? Because you're different. Um, a lot of people have the same hood and just in different colors, you know. And uh, when you have a custom hood, you stand out, and that's where people look up to you. And in not all instances, should you look up to someone who buys these things? Um, you have pups that buy them because they can. So, you know, on day one, basically just buy everything. Um, but then there's pups that, yeah. So, yep. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Like, um, you know, when I met my brother, uh, he had just stock. Um, and it was an older version because it was an older blue that they don't have anymore in the neoprene. But he had just stock neoprene Mr. S hood in a, in a navy blue. But I didn't I didn't think about what gear he had. We met at an event and then we started hanging out more and more and more. And then, you know, that progressed into becoming brothers. And like if if I had been really gear focused and gear centric in terms of who I was engaging with. Um, I, I probably actually never would have met my brother because he's um, he's not someone who, uh, when we first met, had a lot of his own gear. He borrowed a lot of gear from his alpha um, and whatnot to wear out to an event sometimes. Um, and then over time, he's been gifted some gear. And that's great. You know, it, it didn't matter to me that he, he did or didn't have this or that piece of gear. It was more just like his personality and who he was. And so I think people who put too much importance on gear, they're they're really they're just missing out on a lot of good stuff because there are a lot of good puppies who maybe don't even have any gear. I know a puppy in Seattle who really doesn't have any gear. Doesn't make him any less of a pup. That that's a good one, Vander. Bar. Let's see. Ooh, then the, another one from Vander Von Odd. Related to gear, splurge a ton of money into gear before fully fleshing out who they are as a pup. I have seen this happen a lot. A lot. Bark. And, and it's sad. Like, I've seen uh, some brand new people come into puppy and they're instantly like, buying a neoprene hood and a leather hood and a rubber hood and a rubber suit to go with their pup stuff and leathers to go with their pup stuff and this and that and the other thing. And sure, they had the means to do all that. Sometimes some of them just throw it all on credit, which that's a lot to throw on credit. I mean, when you're doing rubbers and leathers and and neoprene and like that's thousands of dollars. If you're buying from from like Mr. S and whatnot all at once, holy crap. But like they do all that and then they just kind of feel dissatisfied or like they don't get enough out of it. And it's like, well, it's not necessarily about the gear. The gear is wonderful to have. It's a nice bonus thing to be able to to express how you feel your inner pup identity is um, visually in some way. Uh, But gear doesn't make the pup i think it's that simple yeah I, i've seen once where a puppy you know spent thousands of dollars and then was like oh this isn't for me you can't simply return it right like you know, everything he owned was custom like and that and that's crazy because if you custom all of it and you don't even know that it's for you yet holy shit that's a lot of money that's a lot of money. And that's harder to sell because you if you customize it, it's like you're if you're trying to sell that to someone, give it a good home. 
if you decide like this is no longer for me, it's like giving away the identity with it in a way. I don't know that I've seen that. And it's it's just kind of like, wow, that's that's some crazy bark. (laughs) Take a beat. Take a beat when you get into this and figure out who you are, what you like, what you want before you start investing a fuck ton of money in gear bark (laughs) or vander is just like hitting it right on point bark oh here's the third one oh and we kind of already talked about this but we talked about it in a less specific way uh vander von odd says assuming consent while moshing this happens all the time people assume you're out on the mosh mats so, of course, you want to be tackled or wrestled or grabbed or rubbed or groped or whatever by anyone and everyone who wants to engage with you. And that is not true. If you're going to be on the mosh mats, you still need to seek consent. And there are ways to do that. Non-verbally, um, you know, a lot of it is miming and, you know, tilting the head like, hey, you want me to tackle you? Yes. No, I don't I don't know what your answer is. So I'm going to go over there and talk to that other puppy that I want to tackle. Bark. <laughs> Consent while moshing. I mean, I, I think the best example is meet me on first. <laughs> you, you don't simply grab somebody. There are pups that will you know, be on the sidelines or they may just want to play ball or, you know, bump heads. I, you know, I saw this at an event where, you know, basically picked up another puppy and just grabbed them and the puppy was yelling because they didn't want to be touched like that and then you get kicked out of an event that's no fun for anybody yeah yeah it's this is a thing that in seattle at Seapaw events we push just as a reminder at every single thing and it's been just kind of a standard operating procedure for Seapaw to do this for years is just whenever we're opening an event up like especially our mosh we always talk about consent, you know, in fact, and hey, all you paws out there, any anybody from a paw watching, feel free to reach out to CPAW. We've got some education we're happy to share with you. Uh, we created last year and actually specifically my alpha gadget uh, wrote this curriculum, but we created at CPAW a mat side training program, which is designed to be a crash course in moshing. Um, That can be given in as little as 20 minutes, um, but can be extended out to an hour just depending on how many people are attending the class and how much uh, how many questions there are. But the, the whole idea was, okay, we give a little spiel before the mosh every time, but there are still some puppies who are not feeling comfortable engaging on the mats or maybe not even sure how to get started or what to do or what not to do. And so we created this class to go into what is our little two to three minute spiel about safety and consent and and whatnot and really expand on that to have a crash course in moshing. Um, And I think that really helps because we talk about like how to get nonverbal consent and what to do if you don't feel like you're getting nonverbal consent and what to do if you still think you're not getting verbal consent (laughs) and stuff like that. Yeah. 
bark. Always get consent. And, um, and there's a lot of major events. Um, every major event that I've actually been to has consent bans. So you can actually ask them. Uh, a local bar has consent bans um, just because. Um, you can ask, you know, it's not going to hurt anybody. I mean, if it's something that they say no, you know, then, you know, it just, yeah, go from there. You know, I, I'm going to put on the a back of a card that I have for identification for events. On the back, I have three separate uh, statements that will be printed with a little arrow. And it says, I'm okay with this. The next one basically says, please ask me first before doing that. And the third one says, no, thank you. Please don't touch me. And that's something very simple. You can have cards made up like that, just readily available. You know, use universal signs like stop, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, if you're going to a major event and you don't feel comfortable, you've had a bad experience with consent, or you want to at least express your thing, you know, ask wherever you're going. Yeah, just always ask. Always ask. Um, consent is, it is sexy, but it's also mandatory. It's not optional. It's mandatory and it's sexy. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but it can be kind of hot to ask for consent for things. Bark. <laughs> do you have any final thoughts on missteps that pups make when they come into the community and the, the, this idea of the drug of headspace and 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 whatnot I, i'd say my advice is look at your resources don't jump in any things uh discover who you are as a pup and discover your own role look up to people but don't idolize them and look up your resources because there's plenty online and there are a lot of people who are in the public light that are there as great resources. Yeah. Bark, bark. Yeah. Bark. Um, I think, yeah, I don't know what I would add to that. That's <laughs> bark. <laughs> Perfect wrap up. Um, but yeah. So thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, Yuki. Yeah. This was Thanks super fun. Me. Bark. Of course. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Forest Rider podcast. Today with Yuki, we talked all about the drug of puppy headspace and the missteps that people make when they come into a community new. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Also, share it out with your friends because maybe they could learn a thing or two. Uh, don't forget to also visit farstrider.com. You'll find all the different ways you can support me and the pretty badass merchandise I put out there on occasion. Bark, bark, bark. I'm Pup Farstrider. That's Yuki. Pup Yuki. Bark, bark, bark. I will I will bark at y'all later. Bark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that noise. Bark. <laughs> <laughs>